Thank you, Charlotte. Fabulous. Morning, all. All right, good to see you. Um, If there's someone near you who you don't know the name of, just quickly ask them their name. And tell them yours. And can I please be turned down? That would be wonderful. It's horrible. Thank you so much. If you do know their name, then don't say hello to them. You can't turn to your wife or someone and ask her a name. That's breaking the rules. (laughs) Brilliant. Well, I hope you've had a good Christmas and uh, your new year was more than acceptable. A couple of things I just want to uh, tell you about as we launch in. Firstly, of course, we're in the middle of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Excellent. Good, good. I'm glad you cheered rather than all went, what? I didn't know anything about it. Uh, So 21 days of prayer and fasting. We go live every day at 12 o'clock and many people are praying and fasting, of course, at other times. Just a little reminder, there's no info about it yet because Chris Tatton and I talked about it this morning, but we will be finishing with a 24 hours of prayer and fasting, if you wish. But 24 hours of prayer... And that will start on the Saturday, two Saturdays time, 8 a.m. And finish on the Sunday at 8 a.m. And we'll be in here, in in that space over there. So we were just working on shift leaders for the different prayer sessions. Um, Anyway, so that's that one. We would love you to uh, to continue to be involved. And definitely, there'll be sign-ups from next week to um, sign up for hour, two hours, whatever you want for that. Also, this coming Friday evening, Fuel the Fire is an event that is being put on in this town, and it's fueling the fire for wanting to see change and transformation come to be ready for a big move of God. We want to see God move more, and this is an event that is happening at Bright City Church, and in the evening it starts at, I'm going seven... I hear you, Lord. Seven via Herbie. Seven till 9 p.m. All are welcome. There's no cost or anything. Um, It's in Bright City Church in Bank Street, the big one in Bank Street. Follow the crowds because everyone will be flocking in. Uh, So there's also an event during the day, and actually there's an event for uh, pastors and leaders the day before as well. So really looking forward to that. Uh, That is going to be fabulous, and you are very welcome to attend So, 2023, uh, the New Year marker is a great place. Oh, hang on, before I start. You know the way that many of us were encountering God in the worship? Yes, this isn't a trick, like, yes, okay. You know you can encounter him now like that too? That isn't like, well, that's when we encounter God, and then this is when someone bangs on. No, that isn't what this is. This is when you encounter God, but through this instead of through this. But actually, you never encounter God through this without this being there, and you never encounter God through this without this being there. You can take that home, have a think about that. It's, um, I assure you it's true. Uh, so, um, God, we want to carry on encountering you the way we have been. And God, I'm going to do my best to ensure that your Holy Spirit just flows through this. And as listeners, including myself, we're all going to make sure that he who has ears 
will hear what the Spirit says to the churches, as it says in the Bible, that, God, our hearts are open. We're not going to be stubborn. We're not going to be drowsy. We're not going to be half-hearted. But we're going to be attentive. We're going to listen, God, for what you are saying through what I am saying. Thank you, God. So, um, yes, New Year's, they always provide a great like point, obviously, because numerically you move on one. And we were praying beforehand this morning saying, God, whatever happens, I don't want to be like I am now this time next year. I want to move on. God, I, I know you've got a to-do list when it comes to me, and I want you to feel free to keep working through your to-do list because I want to be more like Jesus. I'm thinking of growing a beard, buying some sandals um, to see if that helps. I'm really not. I've never grown a beard. But I do want to be more like Jesus. I would love someone to look at me and say he's got his father's eyes. That thing. Like, wow, I see God when I look at you. Isn't that such a compliment? It's an amazing compliment. Great, I can see you're excited by that. Um, Just tell your faces you're excited by that. Uh, So what God is doing at the moment, it was nearly a year ago that God spoke so clearly, and then that was confirmed by all the prophetic words, the 15 prophetic words, where God said, I am taking you out of the setting you're in, and I am, I am lifting you out. And he showed us a picture of a completed jigsaw, and he lifted one piece out. And he said, because I'm changing you into something that I'm going to use for my end-time plans. And that's what God said to us, nearly this time last year. And so the transition was the transition, and we... we We handled that well. And then there's this season, which is the becoming season. So he says, I've lifted you out. Now starts the reshaping. And it's pretty uncomfortable at times. Because most of what we know, to be sure, God says, I'm just going to shake it. I'm not just going to give it a little sifting. I'm going to violently shake it. And the only reason God ever needs to violently shake it is because we won't flipping let go. So he shakes it a bit, like this. Like, let go, drop it. Drop your religion. Let it go. That's why he shakes. That's why the earth is being shaken at the moment. So we're going to read one of the things that God is looking to do, we believe, in this church and across the church, is there's something called the fivefold ministry. The fivefold ministry is not a biblical thing in the sense of, like the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus did. Jesus never said, I'm about to go and preach on that mountain. It will for hereafter be known as the Sermon on the Mount. Um, it, it's, just a bibli- it's just the way people have come to know it. The fivefold ministry is just a name that people have applied to it. Um, when Paul was writing to this, this church in Ephesus, he never said, here it comes, the fivefold ministry, stand by your beds, everyone. That, that wasn't what he was doing. It doesn't come up there, um, but I'm going to read this out to you. So this is from Ephesians chapter 4. So this is Paul, super church planter Paul, writing to the church in Ephesus. And he is talking predominantly in this section about unity. Unity in the church, like unity, maturity, etc., And I'm going to cut in straight away at verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, 
and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ, that's us, may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I'm going to explain some of this in a minute. Then, when we've become mature, we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I'm about to carry on, but I'm just pausing just so you at least know what's going on. What Paul is saying is um, there is a unity. We are the body of Christ. If you imagine literally like a body from, from here down, the body of Christ, he is the head. And what Paul is saying is the head is really mature. The body really isn't. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to appoint certain offices, certain types of leadership into the church to help bring the maturity of the body in line with the maturity of the head. That is Jesus. Okay? So I tell you this and insist on it, on, on it in the Lord. So what he's just said is I'm going to give you these five different types of leader. We're coming back to those in a minute. And he says the aim of it is for maturity. So, I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. For Gentiles read people who don't know Jesus and who aren't going after him. You must no longer live as the world does, maybe, in the futility of their thinking. They're darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. No, I don't see that in the world at all. Um, And then he says this, That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. So just going to spend a few moments going through some of this. So the first thing is, in this passage of the Bible, Paul is saying to the church in Ephesus, Jesus gave to the body, to the church, an apostle or apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. I'm going to go through those five in a minute. But he gave you five different types of leaders to make us mature. They're not given to the world, they're given to the church. So Jesus effectively set the church up, uncomfortable language, but let's just go with it so you get what I mean, and then said, we're going to need some leaders in here, and they're going to be different types of leaders because they all bring something different, but when you combine the five, you'll get maturity. Okay? So first of all, let's go through a few of these. We've got apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. There isn't a hierarchy. That's one of the first things to say. Apostle doesn't become, other than in this list, apostle doesn't, isn't higher up than a teacher or something. But an apostle actually was a word um, that was known at the time, and it wasn't a church word. The closest that we can seem to find is like an, uh, an admiral. And what that person was, was given was all the resources they need to go to a new place 
and colonize that new place. So they take with them the thing they have here, take it to the new place. So they were sent, because most people say, oh, I thought apostle meant sent one. Yes, that thing, sent, they were sent. So on behalf of this here, we are sending you as like an ambassador, as a missionary, as a whatever. We're sending you to go and create over here, to go and replicate and create over there. So an apostle is a sent one. Now, you can be sent and stay in the same location, but let's not go there for a minute. Another word for an apostle is a trailblazer, a pioneer, any of these types of words. So apostle, a prophet. Now, for those who know about keyboards, it was a brilliant keyboard back in the day, but it's not that type of prophet. Nor is it the type of prophet that is how much money you've made at the end of a year when you take off your expenses. This is a prophet. Anyone, because these are all gifts of the Holy Spirit, anyone can do these things. They can't be these things necessarily. But anyone who said yes to Jesus and has the Holy Spirit living in them, and even some people who haven't, by the Holy Spirit, you can speak what you hear heaven saying. Okay, so that's basically what prophecy is. They speak, a prophet speaks on behalf of God. They speak on behalf of God. What does an evangelist do? That's the next one on the list. What does an evangelist do? Anyone can shout out. The ambient mics are on, they'll hear it at home. Brings the good news, yeah. To whom? People who don't know, okay, Jesus, it's the standard answer. If I'm not sure, I'm just going to say Jesus. (laughs) It's really interesting that an evangelist is a declarer of good news. To all the people out there who don't know Jesus, no. To the church. What, we need an evangelist in here? I thought an evangelist was the nutter who stood on a street corner. And try to engage with people and get them to like, commit their life to Jesus. That may well be an evangelist. But an evangelist was predominantly given to the church. Yes. When Jesus said in Luke 4, 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor to release, release, speak captivity over prisoners and so on, that was Jesus' evangelistic anointing. Because all of these offices, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, you saw them all in Jesus. They're all there. So that's what an evangelist does. They declare good news. A pastor, what do they do? Well, we have a running joke here. That after three or four years, we're still trying to write Chris Tatton's job description. And even this week, as we were taking down Christmas decorations, we said, I bet this isn't on your job spec, is it? I bet it's not. But in theory, despite some of the things that we get up to, to be honest, some of being called a pastor is a misnomer. Because a pastor actually is a feeder and protector of the church. So that's a pastor's job. 
So what we have done, what the church has done over the years is said, I know, let's make the senior pastor, let's make the most senior person in our body someone who looks after us all. It's not that it's not an important role. It's a vital role. It's absolutely vital. But they are a feeder and protector of the church. And lastly, we have teacher. So apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. I think most people probably know, to be honest, what a teacher is. But they are a... The, the, the biblical word for teacher is rabbi. We probably know that word better as master. If someone has become a master of their craft, that's what a teacher is. I was listening to a guy talking about this earlier in the week, and he was saying there are very few true teachers around who have mastered the handling of Scripture and the Bible and what God is saying. There are many who can teach It's not the same thing. So Paul says to the church, he says, look, what Jesus has done is given you the trailblazers. He's given you the people who are wired to hear from God in a way that we can all hear, but like it's their thing. He's given you people who will declare the good news. He's given you people that will protect you and feed you. And he's given people that will teach. And the whole purpose of all these people is to bring us into maturity. So that we start to look a bit more like Jesus. Yeah? Okay, I hope you're really encountering God because this is really good stuff. So... He gave all those to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So therefore, the job of those different types of leaders is to equip us to do the stuff. The stuff that Jesus talked about at the end of the book of Matthew and at the end of 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 Mark, which are commonly called the Great Commission. Get out there. Do the stuff. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. How are you doing? Raising the dead. Um, Etc. Casting out demons. It's not the only place that that's mentioned, but this is what this is what God said. I'm 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 giving you leadership to train you to do this stuff. That's good, right? You say yes. The trouble is, can you just put your hand up in here if you love being told what to do? Yeah, and there's the rub. And there's the rub, because none of us do. None of us do. Rarely, let's be honest. So what God does, I'm going to make some bold statements, which might rock you, but I'm just going to say them anyway, and then tell you to email Chris Tatton if you've got a problem. (laughs) So, <laughs> I don't think that you can become all the you that you're, you're, you're supposed to be unless you submit yourself to someone else. Yes, that's true. There is something in the world at the moment that says, I don't need anyone else, and I certainly don't need anyone telling me what to do. Yep. 
You stand by the water cooler in any workplace. Who are they moaning about? The boss. It's the thing. You always moan about the authority that has been placed over you. That should set an alarm bell off for you. Because the crows go where the good seed is. And if people are moaning about it, there's probably something in it. So most people, I, I don't know anyone who can reach the full potential of who God has designed them to be unless they choose to place themselves under somebody else. Yes and amen. It's not comfortable, is it? Because that person will champion you, stroke you, bring you chocolates, ring you up when you're not feeling well, and sometimes tell you you're being an idiot and you need to change. Well, I'm happy with the first few. As long as they just do lots of stroking, I'm fine. As long as they only ever cheer me on, I'm fine. As long as they say to me, you, you are great, then I'll be happy with them. But I'm not, I'm not, hang on, I'm not having them come in and tell me I did something wrong. Oh, it's gone quiet. Very, very quiet. You see, I want to be more like Jesus. So I, I have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me, but I... The Holy Spirit has also set leaders up to help equip me to do the stuff I'm supposed to be doing, wear off the sharp edges, and make me more like Jesus. You cannot do it in a silo. I'm on on one. Let's Let's carry on with the next one. I'm going for this one as well. So where people leave, they leave a church, and then they decide they're going to start meeting in their lounge. And they say, oh, we're still the church because where two or three are gathered, then there am I with them. And the church is being built up with living stones. So therefore, the three of us, we are the church. Well, you are and you aren't. Because it says he gives some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. And of the three of you, how are you doing? Who is your apostle? your prophet, your evangelist, your pastor, your teacher. Who are they? Oh, yeah, no, I get where you're going. Okay, listen, what we don't like is organized religion. Oh, no, 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 don't worry, we hate religion as well. But no, 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 no. you always say that, Chris. Look, it's organized church we don't like. Oh, so these people you meet with in your lounge, do you meet with them at a regular time? Well, yes. Okay, uh, and you, you set a venue for it, do you? Yes. Do you have to, like, move furniture around? Yeah. Do you, like, make cups of tea and prepare something for them coming? Yeah, 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 no, we do. That sounds pretty organised to me. Do you know what it actually sounds like to me? Rebellion. That's what it sounds like to me. What you basically don't like is the reason you've gone off, I guarantee you don't like being told what to do. I'm not being told what to do. I'm going to go off and do my own thing. And then I can sit with Jean and Joan and Terry and Dave and say, oh, this scripture, what do you think it means? Oh, I don't know, I don't know. Let me just see my, check my feels, how my feels. Oh, I think it might mean this. Based on what? You've just asked Jean. She's had constipation for a week. You can't believe anything she says. Like, based on what? Where's there any authority structure in that? And I don't mean authority. Authority! I mean authority. Authority is liberating. Absolutely liberating. Let me tell you a story about this. Years ago, I was a pastor of a church. There were three churches that made up one church. I oversaw one of the congregations on a local um, 
complex housing estate. Our kids' team, uh, the leader rung me up after we'd just had a session. We used to meet in the afternoon. We couldn't get anyone out of bed in the mornings. So we used to meet on a Sunday afternoon. And afterwards, I got a phone call to say, Chris, I can't believe it, but I think one of our kids has got, and she gave me a, an infectious disease. And I can't remember what the infectious disease was, but it was one of those ones you're supposed to notify the local authority about. It was one of those, that level. Authority. I rang my boss. Bob. And his name was Bob. Bob. And I told Bob what had happened. And I said this, Bob, what shall I do? I could think of a stack of things to do. But you don't understand, in that moment, I knew I needed to come under a line of authority. I I could think of loads of things to do. It wasn't that I was being an idiot and go, oh, I don't know what to do. I could think of loads of things to do. But I thought, I'm going to ring Bob. Bob, what do you want me to do? He says, what do you think we should do? I say, well, Bob, we could do this, we could do this, we could do this. What do you want me to do? And he says, I want you to do this. I said, brilliant. I'll do that then. Does it matter whether I agreed with him or not? No, not in the slightest. That's not my problem. Because God will come to me and say, Chris, what are you doing that for? I say, you know, Bob, who you put over me, he told me to do that, so I'm doing that. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. You're doing exactly what I've asked you to do. I might say, God, between you and me, I think this is a ridiculous solution. He says, that's not your problem, though, is it, Chris? Are you right, God? That's right. He says, in fact, I'm about to go and pay Bob a visit. We're going to have a chat about this solution. Say, so, yeah, sure, God, well, I'll leave you. I'll leave you to deal with that. You, you can take it up with him. And do you know what? It's brilliant because I had a couple of people come and me, I can't believe you're doing that. Do you know what I said? I said, listen, I spoke to Bob. This is what Bob asked me to do. If you have an issue with it, go and talk to Bob. <laughs> Easy for me. Genuinely, I'm, I'm, I wasn't being flippant. I'd place myself underneath him for a reason. So if you have an issue with it, go talk to Bob. It's like a catchphrase. Talk to Bob. Um, this is what happens. It's the beauty of authority because you not only that, you catch something off the people above you. Not only are they like an umbrella that protects you, but you get something from them. Have you ever walked down the... <laughs> people joke with me. I'm quite sensorily sensitive. I really hear things and I really smell things and taste. I'm rubbish, but the others, I'm, I'm really quite good. Um, anyway, I'll be walking down the street and I think, someone's perfume. Like, and I, I'm, I'm good at like, perfumes and smells. I think, God, who's that? It's normally Shiani I'm following or something. I nearly always say to oh, Shiani's in the office. Where is she? I can smell her. Um, uh, which is a positive thing. Positive thing. Sorry, it's a, it's a lovely perfume. <laughs> That was meant as a compliment. Anyway, the point is, I'm in her slipstream. So, of course, I get what's on her. That's good. Well, I'm I'm not getting in anyone's slipstream. In that case, you're a muppet. Because you are absolutely missing out. And, can I use the word, you're being a rebel, and it's not godly. It's really ungodly. It's really uncomfortable, I know. So what we've got is this difficult situation where God says, what I'm going to do for the church, to help the church become mature, I'm going to give it some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers, and sometimes they're going to tell you what to do. Boom. (laughs) 
Because if they're not going to tell you what to do, why are they there? Why would I, when I was learning to play the piano years and years ago, still learning, but anyway, you know, like when I started, started, why would I go to someone who didn't have something that I wanted and I felt like I was already better than them? Why would I go to them? When you're trying to learn something, you go to someone who knows more than you do. You go to someone who's got something that you haven't got. That's what you do, right? If I want to get better at cooking, it's not hard, it's a low, low bar, I need to find some people who are better at cooking than I am and sit under them, learn from them, be humble, say, how do I do this? What do I do about that? How do I handle this? Do I do this? No, don't do that. Oh, gosh, it separates them. Never do that. Oh, right, okay, yeah, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. And God says, I've given you five different types of leader for you to completely ignore and do your own thing. (laughs) Oh, no, that's not what he said. Really interesting, right? The 21 days of prayer and fasting, I normally have been praying a bit later on in the day. I walked in today... And I said to Kat just before we started, just keeping on the time, said to Kat just before we started, oh, I haven't checked what the theme is today. Kat said, oh, I don't know. Hang on a minute. I'll go and get you a sheet. And bless her heart, she went and got me a card. Leaders at Numa Church and across the town. Total coincidence. I had no idea it was there. And I stood over there and I grinned to myself, knowing what God had asked me to say this morning. Putting it this bluntly, there is no point in God putting in leaders if everyone ignores them. And leaders here, leaders at churches across the land, we have nothing over you. We don't even do membership here. Do you know why we don't do membership? Because your membership is you turning up. Your membership is you giving your money, you giving your time. I don't need your name written on a bit of paper so that you turn up because you feel like you should. You turn up because soon Jesus is coming back and I don't want written on my gravestone, wow, he knocked out some series on Netflix. I don't want that written of me. Oh, do you know, he was such a nice guy. Who cares? No one said it about Jesus. Well, the trouble is in churches, you get offended. Well, you should try following Jesus. Get behind me, Satan. I was only suggesting I'd help you out. If you've never been offended in a church, you need to get more involved. Because you're going to be offended. I've had fallings out with loads of people. But you grow up and you go and sort your mess out. That's That's how it works, right? We all go and sort our mess out. Or what we do is we spin to the edges... We take our offence that breeds and grows like a cancerous poison, spread it over other people, spin off, and then either have no faith or find some other disenfranchised people and then start your own little rebellion, church thing. Rebellion. Because you've never dealt with the thing on the inside of there that says, I will not have somebody tell me what I'm supposed to do. And God says, well, how are you ever going to follow my son then? Because this is what he says. 
Our job is to obey Jesus. We're to obey him. We're to go into all the world preaching the gospel, teaching people to obey everything that Jesus commanded. We don't like the word obey. Well, I'm not feeling it, you know. I mean, we've all got our different things going on. and Sure. But if you can't come into a church, and by church I don't necessarily mean a warehouse, a church, a body of people. If we can't come into a church to find some straight answers as to what's going on in life, where are we going to find them? I don't understand about my identity. Am I a man? Am I a woman? Whatever else. If there's one place you should be able to go, it's not out there. Social media is as confused as everybody else. So we need these people in here that say, actually, this is the truth. Well, it's your truth. No, it isn't. It's the truth. Jesus said, I am the way. A truth if you want it. And the life. No, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What does Jesus say on it? That's the truth. Well, I don't agree with it. Ah, that's a different thing. It's if people in the world, when they see the world confused, I think, well, I'm not surprised. They don't know Jesus. Of course they're confused. When I see people in church confused, I think, what are you doing? It's right here. Read it. Read what it says and and get in a small group. Get with some other people and say, hey, can I make myself accountable to you? I'm really fancying this woman at work at the moment. Can you ask me every single week, how's it going, bro? How you doing with that woman at work? You keeping your safe distance? Or you come and you say, do you know what? I've been thinking about Herb talked in this morning. I immediately had a question. I was just asking him. I'm just learning, learning all the time. You're like, who can I ask? I've just sent a message around only a few weeks ago to all the pastors in the town, this little group of pastors, to say, I'm looking for this. Give me some insight on this. We need to pray and wrap up. Are you all all right? Yeah, yeah, okay. I feel like I'm just warming up, but time, time is against us. This has been such an uncomfortable message and I've sat on it and sat on it and God said, you know what you've got to say. I loathe rebellion. I hate it. It's the very thing that started sin in the first place. God says one thing, people do another. I will just quickly say, there are people who have been in churches where there is a a leader that often called heavy shepherding and it follows this chain of command. The pastor said it, the pastor or leader, the pastor or leader heard it from God. Therefore, if you don't do it, you're in rebellion. Stretch it too far. That's not right. That's not what the Bible says. But the Bible says when your leader asks you to do something, why would you not do it? Because they're there for your benefit. A leader is held doubly accountable. And the leader... Nick and myself, right now, when we get to heaven, God's going to say, Numa Church, tell me about it. Because he says that I'm accountable, we're accountable for you. <laughs> yes, Jesus. So let's stand and pray on that bombshell. <laughs> uh, Father. <laughs> Oh, we love you. 
Thank God some of this authority stuff just so great with our sort of earthly mindset over things. But you say, no, authority is there to bring you freedom and release and bring you into everything you can be. And God, for all of those of us, we all hold authority in different places and spaces. Make us decent authority holders. Authority on one side of the coin, responsibility on the other. And the coin is called godliness. That's what we want to be. Set us free, God, into everything we can be. Amen. Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to numachurch.uk where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week and remember you're loved.